0: Hello, listener. Before we get started, I just wanted to warn you that this episode of Q Presents The Making Of contains strong language and tales of drugs and violence. So if you're not into that kind of thing, you may not be in the right place. Everybody else, tuck in. Right, you, listen. I said shut
1: up and listen. You're going to hear me out. My name's Joe Wobble, and you will, will listen to Q Presents. The making of, especially the one on me. Carry on. Yeah. Yeah, it's good way. Yeah. Well, we, we didn't even have time to get a yeah. cup of tea, did we? Sorry, yeah. yeah. that. I'm sure. Okay. Yes. It's, very, if it's not too much bother. There we go. One those, yeah. right. 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 Okay. go on, so then.
0: we start at the beginning, if you yeah. like. Sort of life and we sort of go through to the to the yeah it's fine yeah yeah no problem yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> how long do it be? in under an hour hopefully yeah yeah that's fine yeah i'm meeting the games which i wish i'd never agreed to do right and i said well, i'm in the west end to do it and i'm for the top and slam yeah so it was like oh shit i could have done without that So Man,
0: yeah gonna try and a big game
1: isn't it it is yeah oh you know you left never know with Tottenham. Do you? no you don't you know really Tottenham. don't
0: hello my name's ted kessler this is Q Presents The Making Of, the podcast where a famous music maker takes us on a journey through their past. This week I'm joined by John Wardle, otherwise known as Jar Wobble, the name that Sid Vicious gave him when they first met in the 1970s. Even if you're not quite sure whether you know Jar Wobble, you'll know his low frequencies very well indeed. He's the bass playing legend whose bass lines built songs like Public Image, Higher Than the Sun by Primal Scream, and Visions of You, a song that his own Invaders of the Heart, made of Sinead O'Connor. His list of collaborators is vast. Afghan Head Charge, Bjork, The Edge, Massive Attack, Baba Mal, Dolores O'Riordan, Ginger Baker, Ferris Sanders and on and on and on. He remains the only person ever to have produced Brian Eno as well. But despite this CV, he's also a man who twice walked away from the limelight. He's a man of iron will. His life story is vivid and we are very lucky to have him here to spill his beans. Wobble, hello.
1: I'm I'm a petulant man. You're I'm a petulant. Will. I, I walk off in
0: hissy fits. Oh, that's <laughs> when, nice. it
1: when it doesn't go my way. Oh, have I, do I, it, will. I, do, I do it with a stern face though, which yeah. means I've got an iron will. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're you're pet okay, so you're more petulant than iron willed. I think it's quite a strong will though to walk away from the limelight.
1: Yeah, well actually it's I, I don't know, there's one I've, I've been an I've been a supreme asshole right. um, on many occasions in my life, especially yeah. when I was drinking. Um but there's a couple of them you have to kind of say yeah oh, you did well then I don't know what it was I saw through the whole kind of uh, the, the, the ephemeral kind of nature of fame and, and the and the bullshit side yeah. of it all um, very early on I didn't buy into it thank God yeah. and I've always because t- it always gets a bit decadent and a bit up itself and humour's yeah, you know. a good yeah good weapon you know. and I don't know why I just had a I kind of really like what I do so um, like I said to you before we started this, I'm doing this started this non-profit thing called um, Tuned In, and uh, I had a great time just playing with some novice players and some experienced players, just people in a community in a London borough, yeah, and and I trance out. So I'm thinking last night. everyone's saying, "What a good bloke you are, coming to do this." Dan, and it's actually well, I'm trancing out. Actually, believe a good it or time. not, yeah. I'm actually really happy to be here because this is what I do. Yeah. You know, I play bass, and and I, I you know, I play in simple two-bar bass lines, and I did what I thought were two of best lines I've ever done last night. Right in um, in the creative space. At, uh, Merton Art Space at Wimbledon Library.
0: <laughs> you know? you, can you remember them for future use? No, I can oh, never remember. You
1: have to, you have to record. And I thought, and I actually, that's a moot point because I was going to record it. And I thought, if I do that, it it doesn't look right. Yeah. You know, I thought I just want to record that. Everyone, <laughs> yeah, <do> you mind <laughs> my own reference, <laughs> you, know? So I didn't,
0: you know. Do people call you Wobble Level? Or do they call you Manny John? What, what's all-knowing one? is right. the all-knowing and
1: people bow <laughs> slightly um no, uh, john some people john um old friends and that obviously you john family john wob wobble yeah.
0: what should i call you hey called um call us wob okay right. that's wob. fine that's okay. fine all yeah. oh, right just yeah. checking
1: just yeah. checking that's nice actually yeah yeah
0: the last yeah. time i saw you we were naked in a turkish steam bath do you remember that at all? yes i do yes 1994 yeah.
1: please don't tell anything
0: else because no, okay. i've it got was a reputation the, was but, little you, but you
1: liked it didn't you i did you like, were nervous i, I, didn't, you, want I didn't, didn't want to do want it you didn't want to do it i was really <laughs> petulant and insistent yeah but it was good but in the end you enjoyed it didn't I did.
0: You? <laughs> you said you weren't going to do the interview unless i came in the turkish bath with you yeah, yeah. so i was sort of stuck as a freelancer for nmi i had i had to do it because yeah. i thought oh gosh
1: but that's a world that doesn't exist anymore that's no. old london it's yeah. the last it's gone now it's long has it gone, gone right it's yeah. long gone as I right. understand it yeah long gone
0: oh, yeah. well I'm glad yeah. we did it then yeah.
1: yeah so it's a real old Turkish bath London that yeah
0: it told me to open my mind to new new experiences and I did
1: yeah, yeah. and they, they used to get jockeys barristers notorious gangsters you know jockeys because they're losing sweat yeah. for the way in boxers Mm. Doing losing those last cup few ounces for weigh-in, all you know, all kinds of people down there. It was great, yeah. Yeah,
0: it's good. Yeah. So you've got a new single out on March twenty-ninth, Brexit Day. Yes. Um, and it's called Very British Q, mm. and it's got some old faces on it, familiar faces. It's got Mark Stewart from the Pop Group, and it's got yeah. two of your old pill. It's
1: got loads of grouchy old men from <laughs> post-funk era, Keith yeah. Levine, yeah. me. Yeah. yeah,
0: but it's it's a brilliant single. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's. Uh,
1: well, it, that's I've done it at Youth's House, so we started it. Another one, another no, no one. Okay. Yeah, grunt, grunt, grumpy old man from the yeah. post punk period. No, she's not. He's he's got the skills of a psyche. He's got skills of a psychiatric nurse. You, you know, <laughs> that's how that he's managed to produce all those people. He's very calm. You yeah. know, I don't know. Maybe it's the Bob Hope, but he's, he's very <laughs> he's very very calm. You know, yeah. but um, we started it there, and actually, I will say this for myself. I said to him, "That's the baseline out of all these ones we've done." that's got that commercial viability it's got the pill thing going yeah. on you know it's, it's deep and it's groovy um, it's got that you could you could actually put stuff on top that would, would be radio friendly and he did yeah. you know so got Keith on there um, and, and Mark and they're just I mean I think Mark's probably banged on about stuff like that for years yeah (laughs) Freemasonry you know all that stuff and secret British societies and underground tunnels and secret and of course that kind of mad the, the kind of hard right as it were you know um Back in the day, what they call them, Swivel Eyed Loonies now, this sort of ERG group. Yeah. And all that. Of course, they've come so much to prominence. Yeah. Um, they were this underground, they're actually out the underground now. You know, they were trying to influence things all those years ago. Yeah, you know, still and in the country now. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he's kind of out there. He's uh, as singing about that stuff for a long time. And, I knew uh, I was right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, and it's all come and it's come. I mean, very British coup, because it was actually written before. I well, I'm sure that track was done before the referendum really wow. I might okay. be wrong I may be wrong because I lose track of time now yeah. the way older people do but <laughs> it may I know, the, the, I'm pretty sure the bedrock of that track was put down before the referendum or certainly around that time you know yeah. so I think the lyrics you did just come up
0: kind of, kind of right you know yeah the yeah. time well, and so you've chosen March 29th very deliberately haven't you Go into yeah,
1: brexit yeah, well, it just came up as an idea. shall we release it then it's like well yeah why not I'm, I'm obviously anti brexit mm. you know I've got no illusions particularly about the eu but from the get go I was very you know I, I'm one of these i read, I read the Greek finance minister's book, so and you kind of you can just look at the EU you just just think God you know they they look kind of they don't look exciting do they <laughs> you know mm. um you know Tusk looks like it could be a slight laugh, but the others, would you want to spend a weekend in Tenerife with them? No, not really. They look kind of bureaucratical, but you know what you're getting with them. And it's... Uh, so anyway, you know, yeah. I, felt, I felt it was a big, big mistake. We have a lot of issues in this country, but the EU isn't really one of them. There's mm. so much we need to put right... And you just stay in it, and you do what we've done anyway, which is moan and whinge, the way Brits do to get special treatment, which we were getting. Yeah. And you, you know, you stay in your corner, you know. Um, but there you go, you know. So I think it was a, it was a good. It's kind of good to raise awareness. What surprises me is you think it's taken a bunch of blokes who are kind of bus pass age. To kind of make an angry reaction. I mean, are, are there no young groups writing about Brexit? Or it doesn't t- seem to be, does it? Incredible, it's incredible to me, you know, mm. because this was all the, that kind of that kind of nine the Monday Club kind of Tories, all those kind of you know those right wing backbenchers that were were there. I remember as I grew up in the seventies, they were ang- they were pro Ian Smith in Rhodesia, and they were pro the South African regime. They were really you know, not particularly nice people. And um they've come a lot more to the fore now, you know, and uh yeah, it just it, it they, they were the they were the people the Beatles took the Mickey out of, right? You know, the Beatles, this was Monty Python, yeah. you know, sent all this up. And so it's incredible they've come back to kind of manage to be the tell that wags the dog that is the Tory party now, you know. Yeah. So yeah, it surprises me
0: young people don't say something about that. It's you know, true. You mentioned the 70s. Let's go back to you growing up. Obviously that was in the 60s you grew up. You grew up in Stepney in East London. Describe your upbringing to me. Describe East End then. Really like a different
1: um, universe. Um, Catholicism I think was the big defining characteristic. Strict Catholic family. Um, There'd been a steam packet come over from Ireland Um, I think once every couple of weeks and it landed at the docks at whopping at Pennington Street and um and so a lot of Irish come over so my family forebears were mainly out of Cork, you know. Um so on my mum's side and to some extent on my old man's side, on his mother's side. Um and so that was you know, his brother was a priest, Catholic priest. So you can imagine it was, you know, yeah. I was an altar server. So um Catholicism. And a kind of pre-Vatican II Catholicism. So it was pretty mental, you know, <laughs> Sisters of Mercy and all that. So you're growing up in a world where my first memory is Uncle Terry, my uncle. We, we'd been moved into a house in Smithy Street. Um, I think we'd been in Camden Street, which I think is more popular way. Um, and then we ended up in Smithy Street, which right near where the Russian Revolution was planned. Lenin, Trotsky, and Stalin all stayed there. Very right. Jewish area yeah. around there as well. And um, I like the Jews actually, um, because they're smart Phew. and you know, yeah, the secular kind of I Was that I like they're a bit left, to left to centre and all that. And it was terrific. Yes, yeah, so it was great. They always, I always found them sort of. I always used to see them as the uh, neurotic in a good way, unlike the uh, Irish Catholic neurotics, which is neurotic, dark, bad, claustrophobic, <laughs> you know. So anyway, they, they were there, and I think they stayed at what became a synagogue there and all that. And um, it was... Uh, Stalin showed his, his true colours, because he pulled a rich woman and moved up west and left them two in Jubilee Street, you know. They should have seen it coming then, what he was right, all about. Yeah. But anyway, I digress massively. <laughs> um, so... Anyway, it was a spiritualist house. <laughs> and um, so my mum brought in Terry, my Uncle Michael Terry, to bless the house and do Latin, right. Latin prayers. Hmm. So that's, a, that's my first memory, which is quite, you know, yeah. that's quite like... So it was, the world of the supernatural was, you know, sort of prominent. Um, it was post-war. It was very austere. Um, you know, you shared those old jolt crumbling jewels jo- with other families. every family had a floor outside toilet um you know it was a very extreme it was the only area that ever had a communist member of parliament, so it right. was very extreme um you know you had, you had, it was it was it was almost like a playful game between um the forget the right wing and you had the you had you had the very odd elf garnet, which would be Lampoon, but you had various shades of hard left would do battle in the local library Mm -hmm. round the table there so I had a Saturday's job with the library my sister got me there I got sacked. Apparently now I'd be a great employee because my problem was I talked too loudly, not good for a librarian, <laughs> with the punters, and uh, I would get mainly old Jewish guys are coming, and some would be Stalinists, some would be... And, it was all, and I'd get them at it. So they'd all start arguing around the table. So Mr Vincent, was. I had three warnings. He was very clear, I'll give you three warnings. I think he knew he would be giving me three warnings and then you were out. So I had the third warning and that was that. I was gone so, so anyway it was another world it yeah. was a great black and white austere post-war world yeah. quite poor people were sick of the war mm. it was the other apart from Catholicism socialism municipal I call municipal socialism was a big thing mm. so I i was born in 58 which was the most metacra- it, it was the best for meritocracy um, being born then a working class boy you had every chance to get on you know, um, more than you have. It's gone back to nineteen twenties now, yeah. so you could crack on, and um, you had every chance. So you didn't think the world was your oyster. You knew there was ceilings, glass ceilings, but you knew that you could. You, 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 you had a chance, um, and so the world. You, you know, it wasn't. It wasn't like it is now, where I think people are pushed into very straight lines. If you're on a council estate now, um, it's tougher and harder and harder to get out of that culture. You know, so it was a tough world. Um, you know, it was a world where confrontations between men were sorted physically, generally. Mm. You know, um, and you learn to hide your light under a bushel a little bit. You know, mm. uh, it's all poppy syndrome and all that. Mm. So it's a mixed, you know, re- really like a, a different a, a different universe now, really. You know, and you had strong matriarchs, strong patriarchs. Um, so you know they would they would rule with the, those tough women they'd rule the family with a you know fist of iron, you know um and those you start to notice those tough patriarchs and matriarchs going you know so they'd, they they were like my my, my old man's family were lightermen and they were the ones his dad was a light right the way back to the time of Dickens and beyond and um on the floor the two up to. That means bring me tea up. You know. So, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm awake because they go to bed for a siesta, depending when the tide was. Bring me tea up. Wow. Now then, yeah, that's all right up to a point. But then when maybe someone's carrying, they've got a baby, there's yeah. this and that. And it... Right, I fucking had up of him would be, the, the wife yeah. would be up there. Right, you... <laughs> you stop banging your fucking foot. And it was all that. It was a world of chamber pots and banging on floors. Yeah. And, you know, and all that. Yeah. 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 Q presents the making of, that's all you need to know. Now listen to it. Listen to it or there's consequences.
0: You got through school and you managed to go to college. So how is that? How did you, how did well, you pull that off? Well, I got that expelled off? from school. That's what I'm saying? Yeah, got yeah. expelled from school. What for?
1: Um, it was a fit up. Uh, the actual crime, but I was like a career criminal. I, I love couldn't, that. I it was, couldn't, it was, a it was, a, up, it was an absolute fit up. One of my best mates who went on to be on crime watch and all that, uh, he drove a motorcycle motorcycle around the school. I got the blame for it. I wasn't even there because I used to have a, an arrangement that I'd be marked down on the register no matter what, morning and afternoon. So yeah. I didn't have to go in. That form teacher said, We did. He said, I don't fucking like you. You don't like me. You know, he was a bit of a would-be um, Bob Dylan right. kind of bloke. You sit up on the roof at lunchtime and wanted to be somewhere else like everyone else. Yeah. But um, <laughs> so, but I had done lots of things. So I got expelled. That was fine. Yeah. Ended up at Kingsway. Met yeah. John and. And, and Sid and everything and that's um, so when he
0: became the four Johns
1: yeah for, yeah, it was the, yeah because of John Grey yeah become the four Johns and we drunk in the Free Johns public house in Pentonville Road which is still there apparently. yeah it was yeah. unlikely so way it for pubs to so just
0: for listeners the four Johns are yourself John Wardle John Grey who's John Grey uh,
1: John Grey was a very good friend of John Lydon right who'd gone to school with him See. very bright boy and know. John Lydon all London Irish kind of fellas yeah
0: John Lydon and Sid Vicious John Beverley John Right. Yeah,
1: yeah. And at that time it was just me and John at Kings Sid come a year later. Right. John had been with him at Hackney College. He'd had meningitis, John Lydon, that is. Yeah. So um he was two or three years older. Which means you can rule the roost with younger people yeah, a bit, do you know be what you. I mean? But he was alright. Um He was never he was never a nice huggy kind of a person you know what I mean let's, let's get that straight yeah. you know but he wasn't he did, he did but he wasn't as awful as he come to be at times in the you know with the pop star lifestyle you know yeah. but anyway at that he then went off to, to do the pistols mm. um because that shop sex was going with McLaren which Sid had introduced him to I had a girl went back then who didn't introduce me to that shop and that's where a lot of kids would congregate there, but that was at the time Sid, J- John Beverly was under a psychiatrist, so I would go to the psychiatrist with him at that time, and that was when um, he said to me, and I, re- I realise now, many of true words he said in Jesse stuff. told him I want to top myself and I've got mm-hmm. nothing to live for, so he said I should bring you, because you're my friend, to come down there to help talk me out of it, so he hatched a little plan, so I went in to see the psychiatrist, classic Hampstead egg-egg kind of bloke, well-meaning, right. yeah. Possibly a house on stilts, some sort of modernist place. It was a nice <laughs> gaff. And uh, and he saw punters there. And he was obviously seeing Sid for, for nothing. So he said to me, John, he said. Yeah. John, I mean, yeah. he said, he's talking about talking about himself. And, you know, obviously he was telling me a bit about you. You play football. You go to the movies. You do stuff. Obviously, you, you live, you know, you have stuff you're, in, you're interested in. Life. Could you please convey to John said he could do the same. So I said, well I don't know frankly if if it if it is worth him going on living. I don't know (laughs) if he should really. I can and he then nodded at the psychiatrist like, yes see, I told you. Even my mate says it. So I said I would have to be in full agreement at this point. And this bloke was freaked out and he looked at us and he was just out, got out of his depth. Yeah. And we pulled it off deadpan, and we got out there, we were laughing. Yeah. It was only years later, I thought, he kind of meant that, didn't he? Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. yeah. So what was your
0: impression of him then at the time? What did you get? Actually...
1: Very lost. Well, I did, I, I did a little radio interview, a, a radio documentary on him, two-parter, yeah. with the fellas who I happen to know very well, who looked after him when he come back to London from my beefer via Bristol and his mum was a smack addict. Mm. So I saw them bang up I saw his mum bang up I went up there when I was only sixteen and I'm like, Wow, needles, really? You know, mm. that was something you'd read about in American novels or something. Mm. Or you seen a man with a golden arm or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, wow, you know. But um a very dysfunctional background. And he actually that that's what everybody pointed out and he had a slight Bristol twang like that. Believe it or not. Just yeah. a little bit under the surface, you know. Yeah. yeah. And what were you like at that this, at college? Mercurial. Um, <laughs> I was I was um, an absolute nuisance. I don't know, I must have had some sort of endocrinic problem, some sort of, over, you know, overactive thyroid or something. My God, I was just so always, you know, full of energy. So and that was great. When I started playing bass, I could put all that energy into into playing bass. That's what. it's very bad news. When I took um, speed, I was like um, a nuclear reactor that was going too fast, really, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't go well. So why
0: did you pick the bass, then?
1: Four strings, nice and easy. Yeah. And to be fair, I absolutely loved the bottom end when I would go to blues dances with Ronnie, and I fell in love with That bottom end was just... God, it just wasn't music. It was beyond music. It was just something else. It really... But I mean, you'd feel it in your stomach and it had a calm and effect. It's, I love reflexology. You know, you, you do me on the feet right. It's just... You know, it's like, oh, and I'm getting something more from it that I suspect other people do. You know? Right. I mean, I really just fly with it, you know? And with bass, I just, I just fly with it. I love it still, you know? Yeah. And uh, what year is this, do you think? 70... So many- <laughs> Well, five. this was was well, that very interesting little time in between the butt end of the sixties, crossing over, and like all trans bardo period, as you could call it. You know, the, right. the 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 transition thing. You know, the Buddhists talk about. It was a the, the seventy five was a real bardo year, so it was just as the pistols germ, were germinating, and uh, you, had, you had some very interesting art, like a great reggae, incredible reggae music was going on. You had groups like Roxy Music. I mean, tell me another group that's anywhere near as interesting. What a weird group. Brian mm-hmm. Eno, you know, Brian Ferry, a working class bloke who's incredibly posh. It's just <laughs> mental, you know. I mean, it was, it was great. You had Bieber, I remember mean, but, but the girls' fashions were superb. You know, Bieber's up in Kensington and stuff. That was a really, a real crossover year. Um, and, of course, you had a lot of political turmoil going on, which kind of helps. Mm. It reminds me of that speech... From the third man, you know, awesome Welles, about the Borgias versus Switzerland, which Scorsese did to me personally, did that same speech did at it? five times the speed in New York to me. I was stuck in an apartment with him and he did that. We had gone there, me and Lydon had gone there to meet Martin Scorsese about possibly doing a soundtrack to Raging Bull. Oh, wow. So John went off with some other geezer, with this geezer who was with him to get sank. To get something, yeah. inverted commas. Yeah. And I was left with Martin Scorsese. Now, I, I was on a come down because i right. had been at it. So I was tired, but I'm like, wow, with Martin Scazzizi. And I love Taxi Driver. Yeah. So he said, come to the window. And he looked down, and he did the, see those dots down there? And he did the speech from yeah. that they, they did on the big wheel. Oh, amazing. Which was just like, <laughs> <laughs> this is really trippy. You know?
0: yeah, yeah. 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 But so before that happens, though, you, the, the punk happens. Yeah, where 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 are you in punk? Because you weren't really.
1: No, I was a bit. Snick. I just it thought was... This punk was fun. i talk about this with my mates uh, Vince Bracken, who was very good mates with Sid. There's a great picture of them in Cosmopolitan magazine going to a Roxy music gig, and uh, they got a picture of Sid with his big glasses on. Would you? I'm a student, and Vince, would you do? I do nothing, you know. <laughs> yeah. And um, he looked, he looked like James Carn in those days. He's, you know, had a few fights since then, and he don't really look like James Carn now. <laughs> but anyway, um, we just it was it started out just a big laugh. So it really started out with John coming back to me. And I have said, "Where you been?" It kind of it was a kind of Samuel Beckett sort of, you know, mm. at the King's Round the County. Where you been? I'm in a band, you know. And it's like <laughs> he might as well have said, "I'm I'm training to be a 747 pilot," <laughs> you know. Um, so he he, uh, he, he 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 got the gig singing, um, which was the gig that Sid wanted, of course. But John yeah. got it. They they kind of went for him, and he, I think I think. Um, uh, who was McLaren's. Uh, it, was the, it was the the uh, clothes designer. What's her name? God, I'm getting Vivian, seen. Vivian Westwood. Westwood. Yeah, I think I think yeah, that story yeah. is that she recommended that John should mm. get it, and he did, and he did well, obviously. And then the gig he started. It he pulled off, yeah. <laughs> and then the gig started, and um, it was just about So it started in '75, but it started in earnest this, that very hot summer of '76. Yeah, and you know, for about nine months, it was fantastic. It was really good fun because, I mean. Everyone said, what a tough guy I'm, I am, all this kind of tough guy stuff. I always hated that kind of beer boys culture. It was just really, you know, really. it's what I don't like about the Brexit, working class Brexiteer. Yeah. It's just all so, you know, a bit moronic, really. And um, what I liked about punk then, it was for marginal people. So if kids had been expelled. It was, mm. it was a safe place for girls. No one was going to hassle girls there. Um, it was safe for gays. It was disabled people. It was great, you know. Um, and that started to change in 70s. You started to get in the kind of beer boys, the football kind of yeah. thing going on. And, uh, I mean, Vince both lost interest. We both talk about that. We, we lost interest in it sort of by the spring of 77. You had the bl- blokes turn up with the great big boots and all that. And uh, it just wasn't fun. We weren't that bothered about it. We just, it was like, it's a bit tiresome now, you know. Yeah. So, uh, and that was it. I, I... I Started to play bass seventy seven, so I was playing bass. But I was asked to be in punk bands because anyone who could add a pulse would be asked to be in a band. But I, I didn't like the music. I felt it was kind of, it was pretty kind of lame, you know. I mean, I liked a lot of black music at the time, as they called it, Stevie Wonder and people. Yeah. And I liked some white rock, and I liked the Faces and, and stuff. But I look back now, and I realise that it's true what they say, you know, that music is thirty years behind in regard to art. So Impressionist music was probably not really happening until early in the 20th century, whereas the Impressionistic was going on probably in the 1860s, you know, in France, you know. And I think what I realised post-punk was, was actually the musical version of the Abstract Expressionists, really. And I realise now that at that time I just saw this thing, you could use sound and you could just paint another picture with it that didn't rely on bloody chords, yeah. You know, chords, boring little chords, you know. That and you kind of read them left to right, you know, and the whole thing barking recitative, you know. And so, music could be kind of vertical, as well as horizontal, as well as going left to right. It could yeah. be an immediate experience, and I think that's what I liked with heavy bass. It was an
0: immediate,
1: visceral, physical experience, you know.
0: Yeah. And when did you? When did? John start talking to you about playing with him in public image.
1: Um, I'd been to I I heard that they'd because you'd get your news from the newspaper then. How strange is that? So Wally um, up the road, Wally's news agent. I'd seen that they'd split. So I went to get I'd get the Daily Mirror and uh, as I saw the Daily Mirror, they'd split. So I thought, oh, okay, you know, I wonder what he's going to do with him. Because I hadn't seen him for ages at that point. Because I, I, the whole pistols thing, I kept to wait and wasn't bothered being on the scene. I just thought it was all a bit tiresome. Because you go as your mate and everyone, go, and everyone was desperate to try and get in on the scene. And that's yeah. when I first saw everyone desperate to get in on the scene. And there's, there's actually nothing there. Yeah. You literally end up in a room, in a dark room that smells of sweat and sick. You know, whether it's a kind of a hip room of a nightclub in L.A. or some fetid room in a house in West London, he'd say, well, welcome, this is yeah. it. Isn't it great? <laughs> you know, you take drugs and then you just be falling asleep and you'll feel paranoid, and but you still won't want to go. You'll yeah. still sit here until the bitter end, and people do. So anyway, um, he called me... I'm a bit OCDish and the weird. I'd always have this regular walk back from Whitechapel and I'd always go clockwise, but I went anti-clockwise round the library and, and then with what they called the Jewish estate. I right. went anti-clockwise round it and thought, "Well, I've done something now. Now the OCD <laughs> thing. Yeah. Something, something's going to happen, probably bad. You know." <laughs> and I got Home and He fund and said. Uh, I'm forming a band with Keith do you want to be in it <laughs> you know, you're right then do you want to come over you want to come over you know that the way you are then you know and I bombed over there and to Gunter Grove and um, you know and Keith was very bright he's a very bright guy yeah. so um, you know I mean the great with Keith he drives you mad he's pantomime bad you know but the great thing with Keith he's very smart so you could have this thing where you don't need to verbalise a load of shit you know, you can just be like, rather than go there and then there and then there and then Tiv's there and then with the fifth elf and there, why don't we just fucking go there? So yeah. we just went there. You know? <laughs> yeah. And so you just, just let's just go there. We know we can go there, so let's just go there, you know? And that's what we did. And, uh, and he's very he's a very he's a very smart guy. I mean yeah. too smart and too mental at times. Right. You know, and and of course of course there's always there's the Peter Pan thing going on, you know. But um but yeah, it was it was just. That, well, he doesn't that, want to grow up. He, uh, yeah, I think there's that thing with you know, there's th- that thing of you know, they 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 go around on skateboards <laughs> and they wear sneakers for too long. You know, yeah. and it's it's very endearing almost, but. There's always a sting in the tail with Peter Pan guys. It's one thing you you know you want to say to women. You know, so, I've known so many women that take up with Peter Pan guys, and you think, oh my god, you know, this will end badly because you're you're you know welcome. You've just adopted a son. Yeah. <laughs> you know, really. Yeah. You know, um, but he was a bright guy. So that's you just had floating around London. That you had Lydon, who at that time, I mean, looked great. Um, was really on a roll.
0: He got his voice, his voice was right then, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah I and mean, then he was, you know, and so we started going and he was, he, he did the right thing. I think, I think they got me in because they just knew he wanted mates around him, he wanted some, and he knew I played a bit of bass. I don't think they realized how, how I was going to grab that opportunity with both hands. I wasn't, you know, I was really serious about it. I don't know what it is, put a bass in my hand. I, I know what I've got to do, you know, mm. I'll resolutely do it, you know, and um. You know, and it just it just all really worked. And uh, at that time, you know, he was his lyrics were, were really meaningful. I think a lot of that got lost not long after that. So, But just for a time there, it was great. I mean, just for a time, him from, like, 75, 76 through to about 1980, you know, the Pistols, those first couple of Pill albums, you know, the things he would, you know, the Capitol Radio interview, a lot of it was the influence of people like John Gray was a right. big deal in his life. You know, and when he's listening to somebody like John Gray, things will probably go well. When he doesn't, then it won't,
0: you know. And where were you living at this? Were you in your squat? Um,
1: I was in squats
0: um, and I was in
1: borough at that time. Uh, And I'd just gone home. In fact, just as he called, I'd gone back for the Christmas because I'd had to get out of the squat I was in in South London. And I'd gone home for two weeks at Christmas. And my old man's attitude, was you give us twenty quid a week or sling your hook. Right. So I'd managed to kind of cling on in there into the March, April and the heat was really coming on. <laughs> Suddenly I'm on sixty quid a week, which was Bill's <laughs> money, you know. So I could give him twenty, so I hung on in it and then I got my own flat in Shadwell. Right. Know.
0: When was the squat where you burnt everyone's possessions? That was South London, yeah. Is that yeah. where you to leave? It wasn't
1: all their possessions, it was the it was like the scripts of the young ones. I burnt the furniture. It was me, Vince and a guy called Brian or Ted. It was freezing cold. Um, and we'd had a drink and I didn't think because I didn't think the furniture mattered to the guy who, who owned it but he did so we, we chucked up because of the varnish on it it made a lot of acrid smoke so it, it didn't work out anyway you know so it was a disaster but the guy really took it badly yeah. really bad and I'm surprised how bad he took it so that was it right. you when
0: know? you say you surprised how bad what, what happened the Oh he attacked me in
1: a in a North London public house, yeah, severely with a broken glass actually. He wanted to kill me, yeah. He was really I think it festered with him. So it turned into quite an ugly sort of fight. It's a tough guy, he had a very tough he had a tough brother who had a reputation for being a very t- tough guy. But um I was very fortunate in the fight. I did a lot, literally a lot of backpedalling on the floor. Um, you know, like as if desperately riding a, bi- a metaphysical bicycle, you know, to keep him away, you know. <laughs> and it ended with me being punched across or thrown across the pool table, landing on the floor thinking, right, this is... And they'd, they'd cl- closed the doors of the big pool room where it wow. was. And um, it's like, right, OK, you know, just in a second, you've got to do something. And, and then there was a pool cue on the floor. So I come up with a porky and smashed it around his head as hard as I could. He still didn't go down, um, but he, he, he kind he of he said, "Oh fuck it," and he went off. And I, and and people kind of lifted my head. Like, yeah, he did it. And I just thought, please don't let him come back, you know. <laughs> but we've met since, right, uh, a couple of times, and uh, really get along. He's a nice guy, you know. He's a really good guy. So I, I did a bad thing in burning his furniture, you know. Yeah. But he's a tough guy. He's a tough guy who would dig holes for living and I remember he was a groundwork labourer he was a tough Tough guy
0: guy, yeah 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 yeah. but London was much more violent the world was much more violent not the world but London seemed more violent
1: yeah well I think it was it was in a certain kind of respect yeah and all the teddy boy thing was going on and it was that thing that young men want to beat up on each other and all that I think now I think with stabbings and stuff it's another league now in another kind of way but then you'd physically yeah you might I mean There was a lot of violence. When I wrote my book, I was surprised. Because I actually don't like fighting. I was never a guy... I really want to go out and fight tonight. I was never one of those guys. I I wanted to go out and have a laugh. And when fights started, you just wanted to end it quickly. I mean, most street fights are over very quickly. You know, most fights in clubs and streets last probably under 30 seconds, if that. They're very quick affairs. But I never liked violence, you know. What's the point of violence? Violence begets
0: violence and... No, nothing good comes from it, no. you know. That's right. How did Pill end for you? I mean, it carried on afterwards.
1: Um, yeah, I... Um, it, it'd been really good fun to start with. Um, i got no regrets with it all, but it, and as it got into making metal box, it got pretty... I didn't like the act. The, the stuff went on I really didn't like, and there were a lot of hangers-on kind of people I didn't want, and I just... There was a lot of money going AWOL, and um, business was really badly conducted. Mm. So it was just disrespectful, I just felt. And I, my attitude was with John. I did try to talk to him. You got me in this, fantastic, but I feel I've paid you back. I don't owe you anything, you got me in this. And now you you, you got a responsibility to run it properly. You know, there were issues with Keith's drug taking, obviously, but other issues, the business was terrible. So I just thought, okay, this is over for me. Mm. I'm not gonna put up with this. Um, I don't want to sit around the court with King John every night. I mean, John's always said I never did that. You know, he, he always I was up. He always said, "Well, he, I was my own man." So I'd, I'd kind of turn up. We're we going to do something, and I'll see you later. Then. You know, and that's kind of what it was like. Um, but yeah, I left and I left and went to work straight away with, Can, with the camp people yeah. with Holger and Jackie. I mean, Youth says that he was working with Kidding Joe. I remember it seeing him over there with Connie Plank. Mm. And I've left Peel, and literally a couple of months later, I'm in Cologne. And he said, I couldn't, I couldn't believe that, you know, yeah. that you would." And I said, yeah, it's amazing, really, isn't it? So it all kind of worked out. And looking back, me, John and Keith were done, artistically, actually, really, which I, it took me a long time... So actually, well actually they're done, you know, just, just a, in terms of working together, you're actually done. That was it, it was
0: fine. He did something really good. Th- yeah, he did that... something
1: really good yeah. and you and you're done. You're done now, you know. I don't I I've gone on ploughing a certain fur, furrow, you know. I think I don't think Keith's ever really done any guitar lines as good as that. I think this new single, that's Keith's guitar. How how often have we heard that over the years? You know, since yeah. people, you know, that kind of weird discord, yeah. you know. Um you know, kind of this weird force of will kind of guitar, you know. Um, and John, when's the last time he did lyrics as meaningful as careering or yeah. pop, pop tones, you yeah, know, yeah. he just hit a certain thing. So it was it was great, it was good, it was done, you know. Yeah. Did you
0: have designs to make
1: your own music at that stage? I did not I didn't. I mean, I, I'm always kind of think it's going to be over. I still think this would be my last year, you know. I always think that I'll be over. And I'm always thinking, I mean literally, well, I dunno, know, you know, you know, October. Maybe I'll be out by October, you know. And then we got a festival comes in. Well, okay then November. Yeah. So I'll grant you it should be all right if not but you never know what well, happened could fall under a bus. I should be alright to Christmas. Yeah. All things being equal, you know. Yeah. That's it. I've always had that attitude. So when I left the first thing I did was get a job as a courier for Express um and then people said to me you're mental you could get a record deal <laughs> and yeah. you know and and so what i started to do was actually make my own records and sell them and that's when i realised you could depend on yourself to and i've got that on, entrepreneurial thing in yeah. me and so i started to make the first proper money i made was off my own back i'd go and make the records in make making records in a a bloke called Brian Bonner i think oh, yeah, I know that guy, yeah yeah um, you go down see Brian give him the money it was all cash up front a week later a geezer had come back from France with your records you'd pick them up Lightning had sent a van to pick them up from Brian Bonner's gaff and I'd take the rest around London in a van and sell them so by the end of the day I've doubled my money that yeah. was, and that was it and, and I've, I've still got that mark. I'm a
0: Barra boy yeah. really you yeah. know but you, went, you made a number of records and you worked with a few people you worked at The Edge and so forth but then in 1985 you found yourself working full time on the underground how did how did that how did you go from working with say The Edge
1: oh um, well very you yeah. know Basically, potted history. Left Peel, started working with the canboys worked with Francois Kevorkian, was hanging out on the loft scene, so I'm hanging out with Arthur Baker. And I still maintain that's better than no Bakers. Aren't no, sorry, that's <laughs> pathetic, sorry, sorry. But I'm hanging out on the loft scene and all that. And then, 84, 85, a different sensibility came in, heavy bass, funk wasn't, it was all kind of artificial bass, this, that and the other. And it was the first time I'd really faced hardship, and I, I just kind of like... Couldn't I, I was drinking too much. It was the time of the whopping dispute. Right. So I was on the picket line there and I was becoming a very angry man and blah blah blah, you know. So I got into trouble with booze and drugs, quit booze and drugs, and just thought, right, this is the war's over. It did feel like the war's over, you know, with facture and all that. We've lost, you know. And Brexit's tied in with that actually, of course, but you've yeah. all that, we haven't got time now. But um and so the first I'd got a job as a courier again working for a couple of toffs in Clark and Well, but then I got a proper job. Uh, on the, I, I, I was, I, it was the underground or the post. Well, it's got to be the underground. And I still regret leaving slightly. I loved it. <laughs> the, the company, as you call it. It was a good employer, and I yeah. really enjoyed it. Here. Yeah. Were you a guard or a driver? Or? I was started out station staff, and I was right. one of the very few that crossed the divide and become train crew. And it right. was suggested I become train crew by a couple of inspectors. I don't know if they just wanted me out of the way because I made them uncomfortable for various reasons, or they actually felt this boy's half bright. He should. So they just jumped, so I got jumped up there. Went up as a guard, and then started to drive. It was one of these. You you'd normally have to wait years, but they were pushing people forward the Northern Line. The drivers quite quick, so I was doing me driving training. Went on the Central, and then I, I I left because I got I got offered a tour and Neville Murray come knocked on me door from the... I formed the Invaders of the Heart, 81, when I left. That was another thing I did. I, I invented world music, of course, just after leaving <laughs> Peel. So um, I uh, I formed the Invaders of the Heart again. But I, I still, if I have any regrets, one of the lingering
0: regrets is leaving the underground. Yeah. You, you, there's that apocryphal tower, I don't know if it's apocryphal or not, where you get on the uh, tannoy and announce... I did it, it, it to-
1: once. Eastbound, district line, Yeah, uh, Tower Hill... And it was a, it only takes a couple of minutes to delay it so the sort of platform was really swelling up with people right to the edge of the platform and I got on the internet used to have to go to the with a little key to the, to the to the to the to the wall and said I used to be somebody I repeat I used to be somebody nobody says what the, what did you just say you could just see this murmuring what did he say <laughs> I used to it was great hearing this echo that <laughs> I used to be somebody I repeat I used to be somebody you know yeah. Yeah. in the middle of saying there's a slight delay on the <laughs> eastbound district line train. This is
0: due to a defective train at Monument, <laughs> uh, you know, or whatever, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then so, <laughs> that's excellent. After that, we have the uh, we have the uh, Invaders of the Heart.
1: Yeah, I um, continued. It didn't come straight away. It was three, four years part, you know, of working underground, bit of tech, uh, courier work again, that kind of thing, um, and got a major deal. We got In that time, we were doing gigs, building it up, and suddenly we got started to get some festivals. We had a record with Boys Boyzone, Andy Weatherall, that did well, and suddenly we had a deal with Oval Records uh, in conjunction with East West Warners. Mm. So suddenly it was back in the game. That was about 91, and since then, I've just carried on, really, yeah. yeah.
0: Well, yeah you also played on Scream Delica, didn't you? Played on the Scream. That's what
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Played that yeah again it was down to Andy All That right. was yeah, again early kind of nineties. Um played on the old blue blue room. Of so I did a lot of sessions for people. That was when it was there was money swishing about the business and you'd yeah. pay for a bloke like me to turn up.
0: But I think people got used to your baseline. They got to know your baselines more and more. A new yeah. generation people threw those Particularly yeah. those two tracks, actually. Yeah, yeah. So that yeah. must have, uh, and that sort of opened up some doors, I suppose. To...
1: Yeah, I think so. And um, you know, and I think a lot of people respect the metal box, and that's so that's true. a kind of perennial as well. And I've just played, just ploughing that same obsessive furrow all the time. You know, um, the heavy bass. Heavy bass and, and rhythmic patterns kind of music, yeah. I mean, I can write caudally and I do, do do all that, but I started painting a few years ago um, and I knew what I wanted to do. So I, when I first played bass, I had a, a book, So You Want to Play Bass, and you could read the dots and it had songs like American Patrol, like bass clef, bass parts mm. of it. And I thought, I don't know, I know what I want to do. So I just want to make these these weird patterns, these patterns based on geometrical shapes on the bass. It was very straightforward because it kind of calms you down. And um, when I started painting, I, I know what I want to do. I want to paint these weird geometrical shapes. That's what I'm going to do. And it doesn't matter if anyone likes it, doesn't like it, but it has an effect on me. So the heart of the music is still very sort of therapeutic, you know. But you obviously develop a broader vision. As well, and um, you know, so you get into all the genres. You know, I love jazz, mm. ambient music, funk. And you, if you go and see my band live, we do the, all the, we do, we, we're convincing in any genre we're in, we're, we're, we're grooving, you know. Mm. Yeah. Mm.
0: But you moved to you, the East End Boy moved to Stockport yeah. in the mid 90s, yeah. which is an unusual move.
1: Yeah, it was late 90s. Yeah, late 90s. the funny thing is, it's become fashionable up there now. Believe it or not, well, Manchester. Lots of cockneys. Actually, you meet uh, there's London. There's lots of Londoners gone up there. It's a much, last just the last few years. Yeah, yeah. Um, so all the time you're meeting people, bloke come to clean the upholstery. All right, mate. And I'm like, where are you from? West London. You know, a right. bit of a geezer. Nice bloke, and he done a very good job, as it happens, <laughs> down the carpet and the upholstery. Got that cream leather. Bad mistake when you have got a muddy yeah. staffy. You know, yeah. you know. but so loads of Londoners moved up there. I mean, for me, it was time to get out the East End. You know, it was like, okay, this is done. You yeah. know, so you're going to go. Um, my wife's Chinese, but she she came to this country age 13. You know, right. and I always say to her, "It's a, what a fairy tale to get out of communist China and to marry me." <laughs> I mean, that is, and she, she doesn't seem to see it that way, but whatever. But she yeah. seems happy anyway. Yeah. But um, <laughs> but like she's uh, she's tough, you know, and she's bright. Um, so she grew up in Liverpool. Um, Manchester and so when it was time to go we could have got it was just oh, we're going to have to get out of the East then. but I, I was very keen on my boys to have some kind of cultural background in the way I did and I wanted them to have that Chinese thing so her mm. dad is dead now he was he played on all the, uh, a lot of the Bruce Lee movies He's a very good musician it was his, he had, you'd hear him play very early in the morning and he reminded me of Pharaoh Sanders I was lucky enough to play with he was a multi-instrumentalist but one of the best bamboo flute players in Canton province he really had soulful kind of vibe very taciturn man at times very good with with stray dogs animals plants Mm. not great with people sometimes but whatever um cancer like Keith right and my wife hard shell but very soft inside and squidgy and sensitive actually do you know what I mean anyway another another matter um (laughs) So um, what star sign are you? I'm Leo, right, lion. Okay. Yeah, of Good. course. All my band are Aries. Okay. You know, <laughs> so they're very straight. All, nearly all my friends are Aries. Anyone Aries here? No. Yeah. But, which and Aries are, 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 are straightforward to the point of being rude. They're rams. They just ram and say, "I didn't right. like that show," or right. you know, "God, you look ill," or whatever. <laughs> you know, they're just very you know. Right. But uh, what about you? Libra. Oh, oh, right. The, yeah, the scowls and all that.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Oh my my the younger boys Virgo, yeah. They can be surprisingly very bright, surprisingly <laughs> bad tempered at times. Yeah. It's true, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, it's but, you, <laughs> but you've got to go some to get John Savage is he's a Virgo, yeah. a good good mate of mine. But anyway, no, so I yeah. wanted to go up you know, up there and she was like, This will never work. But I knew Manchester well and I and by that I'm not a party boy, so I wanted him so my both my boys are northerners, Charlie Plate were you know, he's played, he was a professional at York City Football right. Club. Well, he's a good musician, so he's down here at uni. Mm. He uh, plays football, he's got a little record deal. And the, uh, John, the other boy, Ty Ty, they call him, he's um very good drummer. So I wanted him to have that background, speak a bit of Chinese and mm. know they're from somewhere, you know. And the East End, I would stay there, but it was over. I knew it was over, you know. Um, I knew it was done. You had, a, at that time... This whole thing, there's 20,000 artists. And I think, oh, what, have you counted them? (laughs) You know, it's this thing, there's 20,000 artists in East London. You think, really? You know. And, I mean, I don't mind all that. But it just reminded me of how the Lower East Side had been marketed. Yeah. You know. And now, funny enough, I've been up north for 20 years. It's, yeah, Manchester's a very fashionable town now. (laughs) You know, a lot of, because of the BBC and all that, a lot of Londoners are up there and all that, yeah.
0: Yeah. Why were you not part of the uh, pill... Reunion in uh, two thousand and nine. Obstensive because
1: the money wasn't right. Right, and that was the, you know. But I'd said to the people I'd negotiate in it. Now, for me to get people into negotiate, it tells you something. I only ever get people into negotiate stuff for me if I think I really need it. Otherwise, I manage myself. You know, and um, I have agents to do stuff and all that. But generally, I manage myself because that's what Peel did to me. You know, it made me kind of to keep me guard up and, you know, but the money wasn't enough, you know, so I was offered a thousand pounds. So you've got, a, you're doing, either, just to start with, you're doing stuff that's going to be netting mm. like nearly a million and you're offered a, a thousand pound a week when rehearsing fifteen hundred pound a week. When gigging, now, I pay my band that now. I pay my band more than that now for doing clubs. I'm not saying it's a bad wage. I certainly don't want to convey that to my band in case they want more. But, you know, that's a kind, you know, but yeah. if, if you're a founding member of a band, you, you should have a percentage, but you'd never, with You just wouldn't, it doesn't matter. So I said to the guy doing it, you probably won't jump the first hurdle, but then there'll be another hurdle. And the other hurdle would have been that he probably would have wanted me to play turgid stuff, from the late '90s, early uh, late 80s, early 90s, where my view would have been, look, let's just go and do Metal Box on the first album yeah. and then make an absolutely fantastic new album that everyone just can't believe how good it is. That would have been my attitude. That know? would have been good. That would have been good. And you do it somewhere like Ali Pali, you know? You find somewhere you kind of dress. You peel, you can have fun. Peel was actually quite a political band in a way. You know, it kind of... Took the Mickey out of corporations and stuff. A lot of that, of course, was down to Dennis Morris, another yeah. blo- bloke who was rudely, elbowed out the way. You know, um, and Peel was supposed to be about more than just a touring band that just goes and does standard venues. You know, you, you could you could have fun with it. You could really do something with it. You know, that was and that was the vision I had for it back then. And none of that ever happens. You know.
0: Yeah, but instead, you and Keith did your own version.
1: Yeah, and that was simply because it, it was never going to be more than a few gigs, because of Keith, yeah. you know, you're not going to be able to manage to do more than half a dozen shows or so. I think we did seven shows. I never booked more. My band were kind of, can't we do more? There was a, quite a demand for it, and I said, no, this is, it, it just won't work, you know. So we'll just do seven shows. And and the t- for me, the two best shows were the One Village Underground in London and uh, Fuji Rock. They were great. Right. and. Part of, I've got a trumpet player in who's, who, who's a bit Miles-ish, and the reason being, when we finished Metal Box, our tailoring pill, Kenny MacDonald, played Me Dark Magus by Miles Davis, it's one of the very heavy electric yeah. records, and I sat there thinking, wow, this is as primal as we are, even even heavier. And that was when I first made the connection with Miles Davis. And so I just wanted to do that with the... We called it Metal Boxing Dub, but really it was Metal Boxing Miles. It was actually kind of a... It was just a nod to... Just to tie a couple of parts of the jigsaw together, join a couple of the dots up. So it was good. And my attitude was me and... We didn't play enough, so let's at least go out, play some shows, make a record, just to play a bit more. And I thought that'd be that. And then, lo and behold... This new single's come up, and he's on that, and it's actually the best. That's the best guitar I've heard him play for a long time.
0: Do you think you might do some more stuff together? I don't know. He's awkward. I mean, what Keith wants to, but he can blow hot and
1: cold, and it can be an awkward sod. You know, you know, Keith's Keith. You know, real, real name Julian. You know, right. you know, and he's, uh, you know, he's an eye. He, he can be, he can be okay. He can be very difficult at times, right. you know, and, and he has, he can get into certain things and it's just too, it's just too much, too old for it. It's too much grief, you know, but, but we'll see. But he's had health problems as well, he was telling me, you know. Mm-hmm. So he's very keen to do stuff, but I think we're going to, we're supposed to perform this supposedly. Um, I think in possibly at the end of March. Oh right, good. Somewhere and then maybe in May. I think possibly
0: in England. Yeah,
1: in yeah, London. In, yeah. In um, the the May one is it rich mixed? Is is a good oh, yeah. RDF? Yeah. And I think we're supposed to do it with them that night. Keep them
0: peeled. Keep them, keep yeah. Them peeled, yeah. Yeah. So, if there was one song or one bass line of yours that you. Had to play someone who'd never heard or pop weren't. Tones. Pop Tones, straight away. Look, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I still love playing it. It's a. It's like a perfect construction. So pop tunes. I think mean, that's my that's my DNA in that. Q presents the making of.
0: We're reaching the end of our conversation,
1: but do you, do you were you ever in Smash Hits? Could be. I would have thought. I think if, every now and then, if you had a big record release, you'd you get in there. would. It would. It wouldn't, it? You wouldn't have much traction with it.
0: You no. wouldn't. You know. Yeah. So, I doubt you would have ever had to, to perform the biscuit tin interview. Ooh, the okay. biscuit tin was some random questions that were in a biscuit tin. Yeah, we, yeah, go for it. we sounds we've fun. got We've got yeah. them in an envelope. Yeah, yeah, now. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to shake them up because.
1: We've... I, I, do you know what? What obvious idea, but no one's ever done before. Yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't go down well with some artists. Well. They get nervous, right?
0: Do you know so far so good. we're all narcissists,
1: my performers, so all roads lead back to us. Yeah. So it should be you know, if you're reincarnated, what would you like to come back as? Oh I've got to say body uh, bodhisattva. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, you have to be. Because what if, if I'm gonna be I'm not for once I won't give, as my <laughs> band say, so. You serious now? You know, no. Chungi, are you serious now? You know, yeah. but yeah, i would have to come back as a body set because unless I come back as a body sap where well, I'm fucked to keep going round and getting fucking reborn all yeah. the time, which I don't really want. Okay. You know, I don't want to do the 70s again.
0: You know, yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll do five or six of these. So take okay. take Yeah, one, lovely. Um, this is
1: fun. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, such enthusiasm. It's excellent. Yeah. Um,.
1: What's the funniest joke you've ever heard? I've got to say, it's... it's. I, I know this as well. It's... Bloke goes... See, so you'll know it. It's corny, but I love... This was the joke that I just think's fantastic. Bloke goes into a pet shop. He says, I want to buy a wasp. Bloke says, we don't sell wasps. He says, well, you got one in the window. <laughs> 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 and that's... Because like it. he's just so punchy, you it's know. Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> um... If you found the Aladdin's lamp, what would you wish for? Right. Well. Oh, that'd be a battle. Because on one side I want I like cash, I like bags of cash. I'm not a particularly yeah. greedy, man. I've turned down a lot of big things. But I like cash. I like that French connection kind of holdalls, vinyl holdalls. Yeah. BOAC holdalls. Yeah. You know, with cash, <laughs> and I'd want that, you know, and I'd want power, you know. Yeah. I'd want all that. But I know it's bollocks and to want power and money. And so you'd have to wish for enlightenment. And do you know what's worse about that? You'd have to wish for enlightenment for the sake of others, which is awful. <laughs> but it's the truth. <laughs> but it's the truth. You have to. It for others. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. That's the <laughs> that fucking really tough did. thing. I mean, that's why you'll be enlightened. All you got to do is not have such a high regard for yourself. And that's it. You don't have to do a special diet or, you know, or anything. Do you know what I mean? You know? Yeah. Um,. Would you rather be 30 feet tall or 30 inches tall? Oh, that's a really tough one. Uh, I suppose 30 feet tall would just make life absolutely impossible. So 30 inches and you could play the sympathy card, I suppose, a bit and, you know, and get, hopefully, yeah, you know, and, and have a great big ego to kind of, you know. Uh, what's the one thing that would instantly improve your quality of life? Um, By losing myself. Yeah. Lose yourself. Just don't. Really? have... Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. D- give up on the false sense of self. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because then, if you give up on that, it, everything could flow. Everything could be cool. So you know. Yeah. Are
0: you do you still practice Buddhism? Yeah, 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 okay, yeah, yeah.
1: That's why I know this stuff I mean, reluctantly. <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because yeah, cause you have to. You yeah. know. There's, there's there's no other no other way. What do you consider the most overrated virtue? Well, they're all. I mean, loyalty's is good. Are, are any of them, if, if it, virtuous behaviour is really important, you know, virtuous thinking vir- produces virtuous results. So, right, if we really get down to it, it only means anything with what the intention is behind it. So, if you're virtuous for the sake of society, then it's all overrated. <laughs> so, it depends on the intention. If you're doing something genuinely for the right reason, then it's a then it, it that, that virtuous thought that virtuous action will have virtuous mm. results. Mm. You know. I too. Yeah. Yeah. John loves the biscuit tin. Yeah, I like the biscuits in. <laughs> when was the last time you had a punch up? Oh God! Last night at the bus stop. <laughs> no no. <laughs> God, I, I can't remember. That's, that's worrying. A, a, a proper punch up. I mean. A flurry, if that doesn't really count, but a proper punch-up, no, a God. A flurry, what's A flurry, well, a flurry of punches, yeah. on, that would sort of count, you know. Um, I mean, probably with my elder boy sparring a little bit, you know, but right. he, he, that sparring, you know. Because um, he 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 would box a bit. He's got a bad shoulder at the moment, so right. he's not. But I do a bit of very... he got very quick hands because of the boxing, you know. Right, yeah. So, um yeah i can't remember i mean i've got a horrible feeling now i'm gonna have one yeah yeah i'm I'm touching wood here yeah 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 so i really can't remember um yeah oh oh yeah actually east end yeah in the east end yeah right 20 years ago yeah yeah well i've got you know i've got a a little mob had a go oh it was a proper punch-up yeah that was a proper kind of like having a Protect yourself. Yeah, Where was it? What, what what started? It, it started. Um, well, little just gang street kids just got onto me. Knife produced, all that caper. Yeah, I was just I was on. I was walking home really quick, but I sw- did that thing of switching off and going down probably a wrong street. Yeah. Um, and uh, so it turned into a big from a big kind of gang suddenly, you know. So it was a that was a all right. That was that was twenty years ago, and that was uh, yeah, you know, it, was like it turned out all right. But uh, yeah, that was a proper <laughs> yeah, that was a proper uh, that was a, yeah, that was that, say that was twenty years ago. All yeah, right. that was twenty years ago, almost to the month. Here you, you go. Yeah, okay. you know, I'm now I'm worried in case something happens because not not something you want to be doing, especially age sixty. But no. yeah, so I didn't didn't cause that, but I did what you had, what you had to do and defend yourself and everything but no, I don't like I don't like violence um, as I see, you know or anger even for that matter is not no. these are not good you need to dissolve that you know yeah, also, Um how was your first kiss God I, I must have. I'm embarrassed with that yeah Um <laughs> yeah I do remember yeah and it was alright it was actually very exciting it was actually very good actually <laughs> yeah it was actually very, very good. Very gummy and very... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Yeah, I do remember. I remember exactly where and all that. So the first kiss was very good, yeah. I'll do one more. Yeah, okay. it, come and you started it, so, you know. Uh, if you could give one bit of advice to your eight year you? I said what it would be. Well, OK, I was at a meeting. This is a good one. I was at a meeting with his health self-help group meetings where it's all about not drinking so you yeah. know exactly what I mean right yeah. so everyone's in this room It's in America where these meetings can be very big 100 people microphone slightly evangelical vibe which I don't mind at times you know and they had a bloke who was one of the first members of that of that whole thing and he's one of, so he's one of these proper old timers one of the, only one or two of them left probably right. who knew the knew the founders so this is going, already going back a long time. And they're going to wheel him to the mic. He's a little old guy in a wheelchair, big baseball cap. I thought, what's he going to say? He's going to say something profound about God, about the meaning of life. This is going to be pretty here. This guy's sober for 60 years. He's going to be incredible. So he wheeled him to the mic and all, all he said was, oh, no, I guess they would have worried less. <laughs> and I thought, that's it. I felt cheated. <laughs> that's all you've got to say. And then I thought, actually... It's genius. That's what it boils down to. Worry less. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't don't worry. Let go. You do the right thing. Virtuous behaviour does produce virtue. Don't be an arsehole. Be nice. Mm. Be secure. A lot of men need to have the security just to be nice. You know, it's a problem with men, you know, and men are much maligned at the moment. Just be nice. It's okay to be nice. You can still be a man, still be strong. Be nice, and if you're scared... Admit you're scared, and it'll all work out. Don't have that big stupid shell up, you know. Yeah, you're I'm all right. You're right. I'm all right. (laughs) You know. So I've had that with blokes who have just lost, you know, family member. You're right. I'm all right. You're all right. Of course, I'm all right. Yeah. Think. Well, someone's just died. Your wife just died, or something. I'm all right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No. Say you're not. Yeah. Yeah. So, John, thanks very much for joining us. Um, It's been an honour to talk to you. And all that remains is me to thank our producer Sue and to thank everybody for listening, and to also ask one more favour, please, and that is if you could rate us and subscribe to us on iTunes, that would be very, very much appreciated. We'll see you all again soon. Thanks.
1: Thanks, said Thanks, Sue. Thank you.
0: Amazing.
1: Beautiful. Thank you. The geyser's outside, I better tell you in two minutes.
0: There you go. Time is, time is good.
1: <laughs> no, I enjoyed that. Thank you. Ah, pleasure. I enjoyed that. Very good. Uh, <sighs> I don't want to look at the other questions. They're probably even more fun questions there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, my God. Just,
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: You loved that. Yeah. You I did the first kiss. We so were
1: getting a wedding. And uh, I remember, you know, we, we could, and we had, and it was, she was, it was great. It was very exciting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> somewhere in somewhere in Essex, you know, yeah. Q, Q presents the making oh. of Jar Wobble. Delete they, that. I can do better than that. I let myself down there what <laughs> <laughs> about.